Good morning, everyone. It's great uh, worship from the team this morning, and uh, a great word as well from you, KJ. Uh, I'd like, uh, if we if we can, just for a few minutes, really, to look at. Uh, I want to look at uh, something called claim your inheritance this morning. Claim your inheritance, and it's something that's uh, been on my heart for um, a few months now, really, and. Uh, Probably in light of something similar to claim your PPI. Anyone got any PPI calls over the months or years now that's been going on? Uh, but uh, there's truth in it. There's real truth in it that there's inheritance that it's ours to claim. It's ours rightfully to claim as children of God. And um, I'm going to just spend a few minutes just really teaching this morning really. Um, on my favorite book, which is Genesis. Uh, so we're just going to go quickly through a few key verses in Genesis, really. So here we go then. So, you know, there's currently over 9,200 unclaimed estates in the UK. It's a lot, isn't it? And that's according to the government's latest list. So have a look on that website. There might be something on there for you. But uh, interesting, when an estate is unclaimed, it it means it's technically not owned by anyone. And in fact, um, when it's not claimed, the money goes back, the estate goes back to the crown or the government. And, um, you know, companies have been set up, haven't they? I don't know if anyone's been watching these here hunters on uh, a morning. Is it still on that? I don't know if it's still, is it? And they, the companies have been set up to try and, try and track down, really, the, the blood relatives of these estates that's just there, not claimed. And sometimes there's hundreds of thousands of pounds and sometimes there's even millions of pounds uh, that's not being claimed. And these companies are looking for blood relatives, really. And they're looking for their cut as well, obviously, if they find them. But what is interesting that is this, that every born-again believer has received an inheritance from, from Jesus that they need to claim. And uh, they have a will, it's his will, it's his word. And that word discloses and unveils their inheritance. And you know, there's, there's two aspects to inheritance really. One is uh, the the heavenly aspect, we know when we're, Scripture talks about when we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, that we receive an inheritance in heaven. It's, it's a guarantee that when we get to heaven, we will receive an inheritance. So there's this heavenly aspect of inheritance, but there's also an earthly aspect, and yet they're both linked really. You know, Matthew 5, 5 says this, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Interesting, isn't it? Very interesting scripture. They shall inherit the earth. And, um, you know, this is in context, really, of that um, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it taken from Psalm 24 there, really. You know, meekness is not weakness. It's not weakness. 
It's interesting that when you look at its root word, it means strength brought under control. Interesting, isn't it? Strength brought under control. So in that context then, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It's the strong that will, who have brought their strength under control that will inherit the earth. And Jesus said of himself, he said this, he was meek and lowly in heart. Jesus wasn't weak. He was the strongest man we could ever know. You know, his strength was brought under control. And there's something in that, isn't there? The fruits of the Spirit, isn't there? Where we, we can have this self-control, yet God wants his children to be strong and to inherit. You know, we're going to have a look uh, quickly, really, at... Um, we're going to start in Genesis chapter 1, right at the beginning. I've been here before. Last time I preached, I was here before. Uh, on, on this stage here. And I want to touch again some of the things I preached about last time. Come with me, please, on this journey. It's worth going on. Uh, but when God created in the beginning, he created divine order and purpose, really. And we read in Genesis chapter 1 that God made the heavens and he made the earth. He made light and darkness he made evening and morning, land and sea. He then made vegetation, plants bearing seed, fruit bearing trees. He made the sun and the moon. He made the animals. And finally, he made humankind, male and female. And scripture says that God breathed the breath of life into man's nostril, and he became a living being. And it struck me that um, there's, there's life not only in the words that God speaks, but in his breath. Not only in the words that God speaks, but there's life in his breath. And the... Him, I have said this, didn't he? They'll breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew. And, you know, the, the songwriter wrote this. He said, you give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. And God's intention when he breathed breath into mankind was that we should give it back to him. We should give it back to him. 
It's his breath in our lungs that we can pour out our praise. And as we pour out our praise, he says this, he will give hope. He will restore every heart that is broken. Any heart broken this morning? I know someone who is. He will restore. He's the restorer of broken hearts. As we give our praise to him, he can restore things that are broken. Anyone got anything broken in them this morning? Well, you're in the right place. God's here by his spirit to restore and to renew. Genesis 1.26 says this, Let us make humankind in our likeness, in our image, so that they may rule over. And God created and placed mankind in his creation as stewards, really, And what's interesting here, and I want us to note this, please, that they didn't have to work for it or to manufacture anything. It was part of their inheritance. They were supposed to take care of the garden of Eden and the earth. You know, God didn't create mankind and then create everything after. He purposefully created order. He created all things and then he placed mankind in his creation. This is one of the keys to inheritance, really. There was no work involved for the man, although work was coming. God made all things well. In fact, he said when he created everything, it was very good. And in this very good work of God, he placed mankind to care for that which God had created. It's interesting how far we've moved away, not we personally, but we've moved away, humankind, from God's first order of looking after that which he had created. Look at the problems that plastic, one thing, is causing the earth at the moment. Phenomenal. And God said this in, in, in verse 27 and verse 28. He, he blessed them. And listen to this in, in inheritance. This is, this is pure inheritance. He said, he blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. And what God was saying there really was he wanted mankind to, to, to know and to feel blessed and to have lordship over that which God had created. He wanted mankind to bring that which God had created in subjection to them. And then can I say this to you? If you have the been given the breath of God within you, then you have been given the God-given right to be blessed and to increase and to subdue. 
Now, friend, if you're not feeling blessed this morning, then we will pray for you. Because it's your God-given right to feel blessed and to be blessed. If you're not, then there's an enemy or there's something else at work that can be brought down, can be cast out, that you might feel blessed. It's not God's will for you not to be blessed. It's part of your inheritance as a child of God. It's part of your inheritance. And the Lord God in verse 16, he commanded man, he said this, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And what's interesting that was that within this garden, there were many tr trees, fruit-bearing trees, but right in the middle was this tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was God's will that they should eat of this tree of life, that they should enjoy the benefits of the fruit that God had already created, that they should enjoy the benefits of this vegetation that was already growing, the things that God had placed before them, which was rightfully theirs. And yet he commanded them. It wasn't an ask. It was a command. You shall not eat. Now, we, we move into Genesis chapter 3, and we see here the fall. And you know the fall, really, it's based on a deception. It's based on the lie that suggested that God was holding something good back from them. God was holding something good back from them. You know, God's not like that. <laughs> He's not like that. In fact, he says, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. He won't hold any good thing back from you or from I. We sang this morning, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. And yet, the serpent, the enemy of our souls, came in with this lie. Did God really say, is he holding back something from you? Because God knows if you eat of this tree, you should be like him, like God. It's a lie. And Eve listened she ate and she gave to her husband. And as soon as Eve ate, she knew she'd been deceived. Have you ever been there? Verse 13, when God, when God asked Eve, what have you done? She said, the serpent deceived me. Deceived me and I ate. She knew in her heart that she'd been deceived. Something had been taken from her. She'd lost something by this act of disobedience. Anyone know what I'm talking about this morning? Anyone tasted of something that God had said you must not, yet 
we've gone there, we've tasted all of it, and we've known now we've lost something. We've lost something. We've lost something in our relationship with God. We've lost something in our own heart, the peace, joy, and things we had before. It seems to have gone from us. Well, friend, this morning, God's here by his Spirit to restore that which has been broken. If that's you this morning, then God's here for you. He wants to give back to you what the enemy's taken away. He wants to restore that which has been broken. And there God speaks to the serpent. He, he declares this prophetic judgment on the serpent. He says this, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he declares this great prophetic word, he will crush your head and you shall bruise his heel. Talking here about Jesus who was going to come from the seed of Mary. How Jesus was going to be born a man. God, the son of man, was going to come and he himself was going to crush the head of the serpent. The serpent was going to bruise his heel, but Jesus has taken authority over the enemy of our souls and he's crushed his head. You know, it's interesting now, orders changed. Orders changed. The ground becomes cursed because of this act of disobedience. God says, in toil, you shall eat all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles, it shall grow from you. And you shall eat of the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you shall eat your food until you return to the ground. The fall resulted in toil. You know, this ground which was meant to yield vegetation, plant-bearing seeds and fruit-bearing trees, was also now producing thorns and thistles. It appeared to be in rebellion against God's order. And you know, this is lost inheritance really. It's that which they lost and you know that Adam and Eve were removed from the garden. They, remo they were removed from the presence and fellowship with God. And you saw that we see the decline now of the earth. Cain and Abel were born. And Cain rose up and killed his brother. And you see the decline coming through the, the chapters of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 6, God said he saw the wickedness of the human race was such that the human heart was only evil all of the time. What a place to come to. Evil all the time. And yet God made this covenant with Noah. And he told Noah to build this ark. And we read in, in chapter 9 when God flooded the earth. 
and caused then the, the, the waters to be subdued. And he said to Noah, again, through this covenant promise, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Yet we read that Noah was a man of the earth. And he planted vineyards. And from the fruits of these vineyards, he liked his wine. And his wine was his downfall. That which he planted was his downfall. The earth wasn't the issue. The issue was the sin within mankind which again filled the earth. And yet God was calling out to be, to want to make covenant with a person that would be right in his eyes. And he called Abraham. And this is where I want to finish really in Genesis chapter 12. God called Abraham out of air of the Chaldees. And he says this to him, Go from your country, from your people, from your father's household, to a land I will show you. And he found in Abraham a man that would obey his calling. And he pronounced this sevenfold blessing over Abraham. And this is where I want to finish on this morning, really. This is a blessing which is part of our inheritance, really. Sevenfold, God said this, I will make you into a great nation. You know, this word came to Abraham in light of Sarah being childless because she could not conceive. You know, our God is a God of miracles. <laughs> He's a God of miracles. You know, where there's no hope, he brings hope. Where there's no child, he brings children. He spoke to Abraham, he said, you shall become a great nation. You know, there might be things in your life and in my life which we think, that's impossible. How can those things change? Yet God is speaking this morning and saying to you, nothing is impossible with me. Nothing. You know, out of nothing, God can bring nations as he did with Abraham. God is a God of multiplication. You know, what if God was to multiply the congregation here saying, for every one person here, I'm going to bring three more in. A God of multiplication. Suddenly 200 becomes six or 800. Phenomenal, but that's what God can do in a week. It's not too difficult for him. Suddenly we're standing. Suddenly there's no room because God has multiplied and blessed. Who's up for some of that then this morning? What about in our lives and in, in, in your life? What about multiplication in our lives? Not just addition, God will give us one or two more, but multiply fruit within your life and in my life. He's a great God of miracles. You know, second thing what God said to Abraham, he said this, I will bless you. Anyone up for a bit of blessing?
this morning. I will bless you. It's a promise of God to his people this morning. I will bless you. I will bless you. The Amplified Bible says this, I will bless you with abundant, abundant increases of favor. Anyone want a bit of a favor of God this morning? Favor. God's favor is upon you. It's upon you. It's upon you. God's favor. It's part of our inheritance. We better believe it. <laughs> we better believe it. It's part of our inheritance. He wants to bless you. He wants to bring favor in your life. You know, Abraham fell here to what others had toiled for. The Bible says the wealth of the sinner is passed on to the just. Wow. <laughs> the wealth of the sinner is passed on to the just. I'm not excusing us from our duty here to, to about the, the laborer is worthy of his hire, about the importance of work here. But what I'm saying this, this, this morning to you is that God has got something for you personally, what he wants to give you as part of your inheritance. You, might, you won't have to work for this. It's going to be a gift. And you're not for gifts this morning. I will make your name great. The Amplified Bible says this, I will make your, your name famous and distinguished. Famous and distinguished. People will know your name. They'll know your name because of the God whom you serve. I'm not, talk to, I'm not talking here about some puffed up ego-centric sort of thing. I'm talking here about God raising your profile. Anyone up for that this morning? God wants to raise your profile. You know, he's called us to be heads, not tails. He's called us to be people of authority. Under his authority. I will make your name great. God wants to enlarge you this morning. You will be a blessing. And that's where we get this phrase, we are blessed to be a blessing. You know, God wants us to be generous, of a generous spirit. You know, in order to be feel blessed, we need to receive the blessing of God. You know, friends, sometimes it's hard to receive, it's easier to give than it is to receive. If you're like that, this, you've no, you know what I'm talking about here this morning, then God is saying to you this morning, I want you to receive. I want you to receive. 
You will be a blessing. Can I ask the worship team to come back, please? And not only will you be a blessing, but I will bless those who bless you. Favor rubbing off on others. Everyone who receives a touch from your life in a positive day will, will, will receive a touch from God. You know, God's saying here that I'm going to bless those who also bless you as well. And conversely, he says, I will curse those who curse you. God is fighting for us this morning. God is on our side. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. God, open our eyes, as Liz has said this morning, that we might see the multitude of angels fighting for us. God is on our side. He will curse those who curse you. Deuteronomy says this, the enemy will rise up against you, but will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. And my last one point is that all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. So wherever you go, God will go with you. People will be blessed. God shows up when you show up because you have the presence of God in you. Blessings show up. Favor shows up because God has put his blessings and favor on you. It's part of our inheritance. It's part of your inheritance this morning. God loves you. He wants you to be blessed. He wants to know he wants you to know that you need his favor. Lord, bless you this morning. I've just really touched on this great subject of claiming your inheritance, but I've seen in the spirit here this morning there's unopened gifts, unopened gifts all over this room. And God wants you to go and claim that which is rightfully yours. Move into that which God is giving you this morning. Feel and know the blessings of God for yourself this morning. The Lord bless you.